Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Dynasty Underground. I am your host, Derek Womack, and you can follow me on Twitter at Dino Underground. That's at D-Y-N-O Underground. And we have made it. We've done it. We've done it. It's week one. We've made it. Let's just let's just take this in for a second. Let's, let's let Cool in the Gang just bring us in to what feels like the new year. We've made it. We've made it through all summer. We've made it through no, basically no training camps, no preseason. I said, celebrate good times, come on, let's celebrate, let's celebrate, there's a party going on right here, we've made it, it seems like it's been forever, it seems like it's been forever, it seemed like football was never going to come back, but here we are, it's here. It's been 84 years. It does. It does. It feels like it has been 84 years. It honestly, it honestly does. It feels that way, but it doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter. We're here. It's week one. We've got football in just a couple of days. Um, You know, with my next episode, the next episode that comes out after this one will literally be previewing a football game that comes on later that night and the football that's coming up over the weekend. I could not be any more excited. I <laughs> I could scream into this microphone right now, but I won't do that. I, I don't want to burst anybody's eardrums. I don't want to burst anybody's headphones. That's not what we're here for. We are here to talk fantasy football. And there was an interesting, an interesting news break today. Some interesting news. Got it. You know, got the sleeper sleeper alert this morning. James Robinson, not Rykel Armstead, not Chris Thompson, not Divine Ozigbo. James Robinson will be the um, the starting running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and. I feel like I kind of, I don't, I don't know if this happened before the last episode and I just kind of glossed over it or if it happened after the last episode, but the Chiefs waived DeAndre Washington as well. Um, I'll, let me get into the both of those. With James Robinson, um, Ryquel Armstead was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list for the second time. I believe he's also dealing with a uh, groin injury as well. And there's there's no timetable for the for his return. They don't know when he's going to come back. And the depth chart that came out of Jacksonville had James Robinson listed as the number one running back. And you know maybe that means nothing. Maybe it's going to be you know a three person split backfield in a bad offense. But James Robinson should be rostered 
in all dynasty leagues. Maybe all three of them. Maybe James Robinson, Chris Thompson, and Divine Ozigbo should all three be rostered in all dynasty leagues. But James Robinson, you know, we don't know much about him. We know he's got, you know, a, not an impressive speed, you know, not not a very impressive speed score. Um, not much in the way of pass catching in college. Basically, he has no metrics. <laughs> he has no metrics that I like from a prospect at running back. But you know what? Sometimes these guys work out. You know, may, Jacksonville has what is projected to be a soft, you know, schedule against run defenses in you know for a lot of the early part of the season. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe this guy is just one of those. CJ Anderson type players that, you know, physically, athletically, he's not special. There's nothing that jumps out at you from a metric standpoint, but, you know, even Devontae Freeman, even. But these guys are just good football players, whether they have, you know, just good feel, good vision, you know, just instinctual, instinctual runners, you know. Hopefully. You got him, and if you did, hopefully that's what he turns out to be. Hope you know this is the type of person. This is the type of person that can really help you in your fantasy leagues because he, I mean, he went undrafted in your rookie drafts. He likely went undrafted. I, you know, I have not seen James Robinson get drafted in a rookie draft yet, and now we've added him off the waiver wires for free. Basically, you know, you likely could move somebody to your IR spot and had a free bench spot. You add James Robinson. So he was almost literally for free. And we get to see, you know, we get to see how he looks early on. And this could be, you know, I'm not calling James Robinson a league winner, but these type of players, we, I mean, <clears throat> we have to take our shots. You know, I'm not saying go blow a bunch of fab on him, but, you know, if it's first come first serve, waivers I or free agents you know I really hope you got it because let's say he comes out and he's performing as the number 15 or 16 running back and he's not you know he may never sniff your roster well then that's a valuable trade piece and you can trade him for something that either will help your roster or will help your team gain value and accrue value and that's what we want. At the end of the day, you know, we want our dynasty rosters to be the most valuable so we can go out and cash that we, you know, we want to cultivate value so we can harvest it in the form of trades and you know, enjoy the crops that that is a fantasy football championship. And I realize that's a long jump from James Robinson, but this is just me being diligent and cognizant of what's happening. And while I know I don't love the player, I don't love the situation, but sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Nobody wanted Raheem Mostert on their teams really at this point last year. And he turned out to be pretty good. Um, you know, this thing, these things just happened. Tariq Cohen a few years ago. Uh, like I said, C.J. Anderson a few years ago, Deion Lewis a few years ago. These players just come out of nowhere, 
and all they need is an opportunity. And James Robinson, it looks like as of now, is going to get that opportunity. Um, DeAndre Washington, you know, I mentioned him getting cut from the Kansas City Chiefs. That sucks. That sucks, man. Um, because I had DeAndre Washington in a couple of dynasty leagues. I had him in my main dynasty league. Um, you know, and I, I was basically, and I never thought DeAndre Washington would ever become the primary back. Even in the event of a Clyde Edwards Hilaire injury, I assumed it would be a DeAndre Washington slash Daryl Williams timeshare likely, uh, with DeAndre Washington basically playing on passing down, getting a lot of the passing down work, probably having the higher, the higher ceiling. Um, and maybe the higher floor too, honestly, if he's catching passes and you're playing in PPR, which you probably are. But, you know, I mean, that's who I chose to take my swing on, you know, in some dynasty leagues where DeAndre Washington and Daryl Williams were both free agents. Um, you know, there's some leagues I'm in where we have IDPs that take up some roster spots. So, you know, DeAndre Washington and Daryl Williams were in the free agency pool because we have to roster linebackers and linemen, you know, defensive linemen and defensive backs. So basically I had my choice of both of them. I chose DeAndre Washington because I, I you know, I felt like the pass catching was going to be there in the event of a Clyde Edwards Hilaire injury. I felt that Washington was going to be more useful for fantasy than Darrell Williams. Turns out I was wrong, you know, and that's fine. That I mean, like I said, costed me nothing. I honestly, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember who I dropped for DeAndre Washington. I don't even remember who it was. So, um, we're in good shape. We're fine. I dropped, I mean, I dropped Washington for James Robinson. So there we go. You know, I just, I swapped him out one for one trade. Uh, yeah, it looks like it's the Daryl Williams show now behind Clyde Edwards Hilaire. If anything happens to Edwards Hilaire. I guess it's going to be Williams and um, Darwin Thompson. But but to me, that that basically just means it's going to be Darrell Williams. <laughs> um, I know I know Darwin Thompson had a lot of fans last year and a lot of those fans have turned into truthers now, but I was never on Darwin Thompson. And let me read, let me let me tell you why. 6th round draft pick. Very few 6th round draft pick running backs have I mean any position really, but very few 6th round draft pick running backs have ever gone on for fantasy relevance. He is 5'8" 198. You know, not a whole lot of good comparable players there either. You know, not very many sub 200 pound running backs are good for fantasy. What do I talk about? You know, as far as metrics, what do I talk about the most? 40 time and speed score. At 5'8", 198, he ran a 4640. That's 47th percentile, so below average. And with, you know, you, you couple that with the fact that he's only 198 pounds. It's a 20th percentile speed score. So, you know, I talked about it before. 75% of RB1s over the last 10 years have had a speed score uh, at the 60th percentile or above. 
Darwin Thompson at the 20th percentile and he was also sporting a 6.9% 43rd percentile college target share. So this guy is a small slow scat back that doesn't catch passes. What? <laughs> what? Like why did this guy ever have fans? He's a sixth round small slow pass catching specialist that doesn't catch passes. What where is like I don't know how he makes the roster and not DeAndre Washington. You know, maybe he's one of those guys that I was just trying to talk about earlier. You know, maybe he's just shown a lot of nuance to his game. Maybe he's shown some great vision and practices. And, you know, maybe they like his familiarity with the system, I guess. But in the event of a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire injury, at this point, I would project Daryl Williams to take on a workhorse-esque role in that offense if Kansas City doesn't go out and sign somebody. You know, I, Lamar Miller got cut, I believe. He's a free agent now. Devontae Freeman's still lurking out there. Um, you know, there's some players out there that, you know, could come in and fill a role and do it ad admirably, admirably. And honestly, they would sign someone, you know, Deon maybe they would bring DeAndre Washington back because they're not going to go into week after week with just Daryl uh, Williams and Darwin Thompson. But we've got to get into the preseason 2020 Fantasy Football Awards. Yes, we have got the preseason awards show. This will consist of the, uh, sorry, let me pull the notes up here. We've got the Fantasy Phoenix, basically the Devontae Parker Award, the Comeback Player of the Year, the Second Half Hero, the Late Round Hero, the Bust of the Year, the Rookie of the Year, and your 2020 Fantasy Football MVP. So, without further ado, let's start with your 2020 Fantasy Phoenix Award. And, like I said, this is basically... I named it the Fantasy Phoenix because this is a player that once had life, but has since been left for dead. And in 2020, like the Phoenix, will rise from the ashes and fulfill this prophecy that the listeners of this audience has bestowed upon him. And like Devontae Parker, win people fantasy leagues and or you know make them turn them into a contender our nominees for the fantasy phoenix award Corey davis wide receiver the tennessee titans 
Rashad Penny, running back, Seattle Seahawks. Sonny Michelle, running back, New England Patriots. And John Ross, wide receiver, Cincinnati Bengals. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner for 2020 Fantasy Phoenix goes to Corey Davis, wide receiver of the Tennessee Titans. This was voted on by the crowd. We are talking about a player with first round draft capital just a few short years ago. We're talking about a player who flashed as a rookie, who had a multiple, a multi-touchdown game in the playoffs. We're talking about a player who looks like an alpha wide receiver. We're talking about a player who looks like a player that should be producing for fantasy. I love this pick. I love it. I feel like it would have been easy for, you know, for the crowd to vote on Sony Michelle, but you guys didn't. And th these, so, you know, I made the nominations with help from the crowd, but the crowd, you know, the listeners of this audience and the followers of my Twitter account, if you don't follow me, you should, because, you know, this is my followers producing content for this show at this point. And you can put your stamp on it. Just follow, you know, hit the follow button at D-Y-N-O underground. Um, yeah, I love this pick with Corey Davis. And he's likely not going to be playing football in Tennessee next season, but that could be a good thing. He could go to Green Bay. He could go to Tampa if they let Chris Godwin walk. I doubt it. But basically, we're just looking at best-case scenario right now. I doubt they let Chris Godwin walk. But basically, we're looking at best-case scenario. You know, maybe he goes to New Orleans, and they don't bring Emmanuel Sanders back, and Drew Brees doesn't come back, and it's the Jameis Winston fireworks show in New Orleans, and it's Michael Thomas and Corey Davis that are the beneficiaries of this. Look, I've said it a couple of times on this show before that the worst thing that could happen, the worst thing that happened to Corey Davis in terms of an evaluation perspective was Devonte Parker. Because sometimes you do, you just want to give up on a player. You want to say, okay, that player is dead. The player is gone. He didn't work out. It sucks. We want him to work out, but he didn't. But then, Devontae Parker happened and Brashad Perryman happened at the end of the last season. So we have hope now. You know, we need Corey Davis to happen because we had six wide receivers drafted in the first round in 2020. Okay, history shows that we can safely predict three of them. I know this isn't exactly how it works, but. History shows that we can basically safely predict three of them to go on and produce at least one 1,000-yard season. But basically, the reason I bring that up is to say that, let's say a couple of these guys come out and struggle for one, maybe two, maybe even a third season. They just don't look like they've quite put it all together. But we'll have that in our minds. You know, we'll have 
the Devontae Adams year three breakout, the Devontae Parker, what, year five breakout, the Corey Davis year four breakout. Hopefully we'll have that in our bag, in our mind, you know, the back of our mind. And that's going to be important, you know, um, but we've got to move on. We're going to move on. Congratulations, Corey Davis. You've won the 2020 Fantasy Phoenix preseason Fantasy Phoenix Award. We're going to move on to Comeback Player of the Year. Basically a player that, you know, was had some high draft capital a year ago. And due to injuries or other circumstances, underperformed. But we are counting on them to bounce back in 2020. Your nominees, James Conner, running back, Pittsburgh Steelers. Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver, Cleveland Browns. Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver, Pittsburgh Steelers. And Brandon Cooks, wide receiver, Houston Texans. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner of the 2020 preseason Comeback Player of the Year Award goes to Juju Smith-Schuster, wide receiver, Pittsburgh Steelers. We have a high-profile player here. We're talking about a guy who just one year ago this was not his ADP, but people were selecting Juju as the number one overall wide receiver off the board in Dynasty Startups. Why? Because of the talent he showed, coupled with his incredibly low age. Look, I talked about it a few episodes ago with Kate Majute. And, you know, she's a Steelers fan. She's a pessimistic Steelers fan. You know, she's sounded like she's kind of the same way I am with my Packers. She wanted me to, you know, she wanted me to talk her off the ledge with Juju. You know, she wanted me to bring her, you know, up to my level on Juju. She's down on the guy. And I get it. He, you know, last year sucked. You know, I owned Juju in a redraft league last year. It was not fun. It was terrible. But, you know, I brought it up with her on the show. You know, and this is a dynasty show, so this is important to me. You know, I have been fading DeAndre Hopkins because he's a wide receiver that changed teams, blah, blah, blah. I've talked about it a bunch of times before, but with Juju, in Juju's case, he can have a good season this year with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, and they might throw the ball 600 times. Juju's going to be a big-time beneficiary of that. Uh, could be a top 12 wide receiver in the projections or like the projected top 12 wide receivers that I tweeted out the other day. I had Juju Smith-Schuster in the top 12. I'm expecting a big season for Juju, so I'm really glad he won this award. Um, but let's look at it this way. If, you know, if you're worried about investing in Juju and Dynasty because, you know, the rumors going around and I'm starting to believe them is that Juju might not be in the long-term plans for Pittsburgh. You know, they have a history, like Kate Majuk said, that if they've got some wide receivers that are working out, they'll, they'll have no problem letting Juju walk in free agency. But 
the dude's going to play his age 24 season this year. And let's say, you know, let's say Juju walks in free agency and goes to a new team, you know, that projects to have a bright future. And he has a down year one with that new team. And then goes into year two, you know, with the second year in the system, more comfortable, and we can project him for higher work. He's still only going to be 26 years old. He can play out his rookie contract and then go into his year two season of a new team and be only 26 years old. Love this pick here. I love that Juju Smith-Schuster won this vote. Um, because I love the player and I love, you know, I love that we can invest in, invest in him right now at a price that's easy to stomach in my opinion. The next award on the docket. The second half hero award. We could have named this from last year, you know, we could have named this the Miles Sanders award. The Kenyon Drake award. Kenyon Drake's done, you know, he's been this guy twice throughout his career now. Um, the A.J. Brown Award it could have been, but basically you get, you know, the point I'm trying to make. The guy that came on the second half of the year and helped people win championships. Your nominees, DeAndre Swift, running back, Detroit Lions. J.K. Dobbins, running back, Baltimore Ravens. Jonathan Taylor running back Indianapolis Colts and any of the rookie wide receivers that might pull in AJ Brown ladies and gentlemen your 2020 second half hero as voted on by the public for 2020 is a tie between J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor, we had an exact tie, each having 39% of the votes. And I don't hate it. I don't hate it for, you know, for this reason. Jonathan Taylor projects to be more, much more involved in his team's offense at the beginning of the year. Whereas J.K. Dobbins... You know, that's not really, I don't think that's in the card for the cards for J.K. Dobbins. I think he was listed, which this is a joke. But I think, I believe when what I saw, the report I saw is that J.K. Dobbins was listed as the running back four on the depth chart. So we're talking Mark Ingram, Gus, and, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and then J.K. Dobbins look. We know what's going to happen if Mark Ingram gets hurt. J.K. Dobbins is going to get a huge boost in touches and could win people leagues. I mean, honestly, if that offense looks anything remotely like it did last year and J.K. Dobbins comes in, you know, as, you know, and like, you know, let's say, let's say the first half of the year he's not getting much work. And you know his value is going to keep dropping. You're whether you're in a redraft league, dynasty league, what have you, his value is going to drop a little bit. 
let's say we get <clears throat> five, six, seven weeks in and he's not getting as much work as we would hope. You go trade for him. You have to go trade for him at that point. He's a second round running back in one of the league's premier offenses. If he goes out and he underperforms, you know, if he's not giving owners what they want for five, six, seven weeks, go out and make a strong offer for him because it's going to pay off. Maybe it doesn't pay off in 2020, but I promise you it's going to pay off. You know, like this is a high profile guy. They got high draft capital from a team that didn't need him. They just knew that he was a great player and they wanted him on the roster, so they went and got him. But So we're talking about a player who, let's say you're about a middle-of-the-pack team, you're going to push for a playoff spot, and then all of a sudden Mark Ingram gets hurt. Then J.K. Dobbins is going to look a lot like the Miles Sanders from last year or Kenyon Drake from last year or Damian Williams from two years ago or Derrick Henry from two years ago, you know, so on and so forth. You know, I think it was Kenyon Drake again three years ago. You know, these guys come on in the second half, whether it's due to injury or whatever, you know, maybe a trade. I'm marking I'm not going to get traded, but I mean, Mark Ingram's getting older. He's 31, I believe. So we'll see. There's no denying the talent here with J.K. Dobbins. We just need him to get the opportunity. With Jonathan Taylor, look, <laughs> you all know how much I love Jonathan Taylor. I literally named the first episode of the show after him, went on a rant about him, loved the player. This was before he ever even had a landing spot. He's been my RB1 throughout the entire process. We got the report coming out that he's struggling with drops, which sucks. It sucks because you know, I've, I've said this when we're talking about news coming out of camp. Good news is known, you know, we try to decipher what is real and tangible and what isn't. Well, basically a good rule of thumb I feel like that I go by is good news is no news and bad news is bad news. And if Jonathan Taylor is out there struggling with drops, it's not great for it's not great for what I've been projecting for him because you know I've meant, I've brought up the 76th percentile college target share you know I mean it was a huge spike his junior year from his freshman and sophomore year so it's not like he was out there every year commanding you know a 76th percentile target college target share but he did prove that he could do it last year he's got to catch the ball He's got to catch him. He's he cannot be dropping footballs. He, but so here's my thing with his target share though is you know Philip Rivers is one of these quarterbacks that not only you know uh, not only looks like a quarterback who would throw the ball to running backs because you know he's completely non-mobile. He's a statue back there. You know, he's showing a propensity to dump the ball off a lot to Austin Eckler, to Melvin Gordon. And, you know, we all we all think of Melvin Gordon as a three-down, all-purpose, pass-catching running back. He was actually less involved in Wisconsin's passing game than Jonathan Taylor was. Okay, and now Jonathan Taylor, I've talked about it before, Jonathan Taylor gets the same quarterback Melvin Gordon does. So, 
whether or not, you know, Jonathan Taylor's not going to be out there running routes like Austin Eckler. But as long as he's on the field, if the Colts call a pass play, Taylor's going to get some targets. This isn't going to be a Derrick Henry situation where he gets 18 targets a season. As long as Taylor's on the field with Phillip Rivers, he's going to swing out and he's going to catch some balls. And that's what we want. We, we want that more than we want inside handoffs because you get Jonathan Taylor swinging out, catching the ball, allow him to pick up a head of steam away from these giant defensive linemen. Jonathan Taylor is a huge dude. He's talk, We're talking, I believe he weighed in at 222 pounds, ran a 439, 49th percentile speed score. This is a monster. This is a dude that can literally win you your fantasy football championship. I And the only reason J.K. Dobbins, I believe, tied him is because I think J.K. Dobbins actually profiles to be more of a true second-half hero, whereas Jonathan Taylor is going to be much more involved in his offense early on than J.K. Dobbins is. Moving on to the late-round hero. You know, we had the second-half hero... Now it's time for the late round hero. You know, who are we drafting in the late rounds that's going to really round out our rosters and, you know, let us make a push. You know, take maybe help our team level up a little bit. Your nominees. <laughs> kind of a strange category here, but a handcuff running back. Zach Moss running back for the Buffalo Bills. Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver, Philadelphia Eagles, or a late round tight end. Your winner for the 2020 late round hero. Is no surprise in a landslide victory, one it'll be one of these handcuffed running backs, and I get it. You know, I've I didn't even want to put them on the you put that on the list. I couldn't put a, a names. You know, I could have put Tony Pollard, Alexander Madison, um, you know, Bryce Love, maybe. You know, I'm, I'm blanking Rashad Penny, who what have you. Um, you know, I could have put you know Latavius Murray. I could have put, you know, Darrell Williams. I could have put individual names, but there's no way of knowing who's actually going to get hurt. Basically, this is, you know, I wanted to put Zach Moss on this list and Deshaun Jackson on this list because these are guys who are going late and are going to get a ton of work. Zach Moss is going rounds later, you know, four, five, six plus rounds later than the other running back in his backfield. And Zach Moss might actually out-touch Devin Singletary. Deshaun Jackson going in the double-digit rounds in redraft and dynasty startups is going to be the wide receiver one on his team, likely, in week one. And then late-round tight ends, you know, maybe you hit on, you know, maybe your guy was Mark Andrews last year, and he really did help you go on and win. So... You know, I wanted to include these guys, but no surprise, 
the handcuff running back one. You have to understand why I didn't just try to guess four running backs that maybe the starter would get hurt. And, you know, like I said earlier, we've still got some free agent running backs floating around out there. So even if we think Tony Pollard is the answer, let's say Ezekiel Elliott gets hurt and the Dallas Cowboys turn right around and sign Devontae Freeman or Lamar Miller or DeAndre Washington, well, then it's going to make that situation a little more muddy. You know, I would fully expect Tony Pollard to touch the ball more than them, but they could be enough of a thorn in the side of Tony Pollard to... You know, you know, make it not fun for fantasy owners for sure. Um, but yeah, we've got to move on. Two. And this isn't going to be a fun one. The bust of the year for 2020. Which player at their ADP is going to underperform and just drag your fantasy team down. You know, whether it's your ADP, whether it's you've already had this player rostered and you've had some trade offers for them, but they're not quite what you want, so you didn't accept them. Maybe you can't bring yourself to trade them because you don't think you're gonna get fair value, what have you. Basically, what player is a high-profile player, an expensive player, is hard to buy and hard to sell, that's gonna bust for your team. Your nominees, Miles Sanders, running back, Philadelphia Eagles. Kenyon Drake, running back, Arizona Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals. And Aaron Jones, running back for your green, the Green Bay Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner, I guess you'd say winner, for 2020, bust of the year. We have another tie. It is Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins tying with the votes. Um, Miles Sanders coming in a close second slash third. Aaron Jones. We all love Aaron Jones, apparently, because he was way down the list and afterthought, basically. Kenyon Drake and DeAndre Hopkins lead the poll for the bust of the year. And part of this makes me feel validated. And the other part, the other part hurts because I have Kenyon Drake in my main dynasty league and I'm, he's in my starting roster. It's him and Miles Sanders. And it sucks. I had to put both of my running backs in my dynasty league, you know, my main dynasty league on this list, but Honestly, I see the bus potential there. I see the bus potential for both of these guys. And I was really hoping, you know, the community would be on, get on board with me and vote DeAndre Hopkins to win. He did win, but it wasn't outright. He tied with my boy Kenyon Drake. And look, I get it. Kenyon Drake, we've never seen him do it for a full season. We've seen him do it in spurts. And we've got the report, you know, a couple weeks ago that he was in a walking boot, but now he's out of it. Apparently he was going through drills. Looks like he's going to be okay. Good. Good. We need Kenyon Drake to be okay. We want to see Kenyon Drake operate in a system like this, right? We want Kenyon Drake to be the lead running back 
in a prolific, prolific offense. We want that. I've never met anybody that's like that is rooting for Kenyon Drake to fail. No, this dude is a guy. I mean, this is a guy who is putting in his dues, paying his dues, putting in the work in the NFL, trying to get his payday. You know, he did the the celebration dance last year against Seattle, where he scored a touchdown, opened the safe, and pulled a bag of money out, threw it over his shoulder. You know, he's a running back. He knows his time is limited. We're rooting for the guy. We're everybody is rooting for the guy. Um, you know, I'm one of those people. I really hope everybody that voted for him is incorrect. And DeAndre Hopkins, we all know what the concerns are here. You know, people are fading rookies this year more so than any other year because they haven't been able to get, you know, as much camp in, as much practice in with the quarterbacks. Well, you know what? DeAndre Hopkins hasn't either. And not only that, he hasn't been practicing with, you know, with a reported hamstring injury. So he, even though he's supposed to be getting practice reps now, I guess he's not really been getting those reps because he's been, whether the injury is real or not, you know, there's rumors that he wants a new contract. I don't know. I tend to think his hamstring probably is bothering him. But, you know, it's the no work with Kyler Murray. It's the changing teams. It's the fact that there are two other talented wide receivers there. Um, and a talented running back, it you know nothing seem nothing shapes out to say that DeAndre Hopkins is going to get you know the thirty percent target share that he's enjoyed throughout his time in Houston, and you know I think both of these things are prevalent, and that's why that's why they both won. Honestly, that's why they were the, that's why they were the highest you know the highest votes because the bus potential is real. That's going to bring us to the 2020 Rookie of the Year for fantasy football. Your nominees are Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, running back, Kansas City Chiefs. Jonathan Taylor, running back, Indianapolis Colts. DeAndre Swift, running back, Detroit Lions. Or any other rookie ladies and gentlemen your winner for 2020 fantasy rookie of the year no surprise here it is Clyde Edwards Hilaire running back for the Kansas City Chiefs this sucks <laughs> it sucks for me because for me it would be Jonathan Taylor but I get it. I get why it's Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I understand it completely. I mean, you know, he doesn't have some of the metrics that I like, but he does have the first round graph capital that I like. He does have the pass catching chops that I like. He is in maybe the most explosive offense in the league. So there's a lot to like. There's one thing to be skeptical of, but there's a lot of things to like about this guy. Um, you know, has a firmer grasp on the role than any other rookie running back. And it's like, what a role to have, is it? You know, um, this Kansas City Chiefs running back role, we have seen it be, you know, money for fantasy for years now. I get it. I totally get why Clyde Edwards Hilaire wins. It's pretty self-explanatory. He's going to catch a lot of passes. 
probably going to score some touchdowns. It's completely understandable. That's going to bring us to our last award of the night of the show. Your 2020 Fantasy Football MVP. Now there's a lot of ways you could go about nominating players for this, you know. Last year you could argue that Miles Sanders or A.J. Brown was an MVP because the value, you know, you got them for way below what they ended up producing. And they could have been the most valuable player for your fantasy team in the stretch run. I get it. But ultimately, what I decided to go with was, you know, which player, if you're going to win a championship, which player would you just flat out not have won it if you did not have that player? Your nominees, Christian McCaffrey, running back Carolina Panthers, Saquon Barkley, running back New York Giants, Michael Thomas, wide receiver New Orleans Saints, and Devontae Adams, wide receiver Green Bay Packers. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner for preseason 2020 fantasy football MVP goes to no surprise here. It is Christian McCaffrey running back for the Carolina Panthers. And I get it. We're talking about a player who had a thousand rushing yards last year. We're talking about a player who had a thousand receiving yards last year. He had, what was it, 20 touchdowns, 19 or 20 touchdowns. Going as the first overall pick by consensus. And look, you know, I get the argument says, oh, well, how could he be the most valuable? Because you're not actually getting value for him because you're taking him as the first player selected. So he has to perform. Yeah, I get it. Fact of the matter is, if Christian McCaffrey goes out and performs at a high level, you know, anything close to what we know he's capable of, you're going to have a good chance at winning. If he comes out and doesn't play very well, maybe the offense isn't firing and he just can't, you know, pull it together, you're done. Your team, when you draft Christian McCaffrey, your team is going to ebb and flow with Christian McCaffrey. If, if McCaffrey's playing well, your team will probably do well. If McCaffrey's playing poorly, your team will be playing poorly. It'll be performing poorly. And so, basically, that's what it is to me. You know, if you drafted Christian McCaffrey first overall this year, and then let's say Antonio Gibson turns out to be 2020 as Miles Sanders, and... You, know, you get him too, and Christian McCaffrey's just not performing up to snuff. Antonio Gibson's probably not going to be enough to bail you out. That's probably not going to be enough to do it. So if you take Christian McCaffrey, which basically 
anybody would be, you know, anybody, everybody probably should with the first overall pick. I mean, if you want to say Saquon Barkley, okay, I get it. Ezekiel Elliott, I get it. I mean, there's some players that I get, but most of the time, Chris McCaffrey is going to go in the first round or the first overall pick. And at that point, he had better be your most valuable player. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for the 2020 Awards show. Thank you for listening. This has been the Dynasty Underground. I have been your host, Derek Walmack, and as always, thanks for listening.